Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Abigail McCulloch and Willie Whipple as part of our series on gym history. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Sitmanchai Gym in Tamaka, out in Kanchanaburi Province, west of Bangkok. Uh, as always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, mattlucasbkk, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. Thanks to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. If you'd like to leave a review that would be super helpful, you can do so on the iTunes store. I also want to personally thank a few people, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, Wendell, Galano, Chris Tran, and a few others for helping me when I had my camera broken. Um, I'm hoping to put together another behind the fight uh, video at some point soon. Um, in the meantime, I've been doing a lot of uh, photography work. Um, also, after years of hard work, studying, and being in the game, I've decided to publish a Muay Thai encyclopedia. Uh, it's called I'm Fighting in Thailand, a guide to the sport in the motherland. The guide goes over scoring, matchmaking, picking a gym, fight styles, gambling, uh, and much more. It has a series of interviews with long-term expat fighters, including Michael Savas, Willie Whipple, who's in the interview today, Lisa Breely, Angela Chang, and others. Uh, it helps educate and guide careers by helping... Uh, save fighters from making costly mistakes. Uh, you can get your copy off of Amazon.com. Uh, just search uh, on Fighting in Thailand. If you'd like, you can also find a link to it uh, off my website, www.matt-lucas.com. Uh, thanks, as always, to my sponsors, Knock Muay Legends, for their continued support of this show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. They recently released uh, some great Sanctinoi shirts and Kensak shirts. Uh, you can check out their gear at www.nakmoylegends.com. That's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y-L-E-G-E-N-D-S.com. Use OnFighting to get 15% off your order. Thanks, as always, uh, especially to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. Um, he is still doing a lot with the Muay Thai business community. Um, hopefully, he'll be having some new projects come out soon as well. So a little bit about our guest today. Uh, Abigail McCulloch is definitely a well-known expat um, insider in the Muay Thai game. Uh, she started training martial arts in London. Actually got into San Chow and Sanda. She moved to San Francisco and began Muay Thai with uh, Bunkered Fairtex, uh, Bunkered Fapi Mai, uh, at Fight and Fitness, which at the original location in 2007. Uh, she moved to Fairtex and started training with Johnson on. Uh, later, she went to Thailand, uh, initially going to Ingram, a gym I went to before. Um, and she 
trained at 13 coins as well. Uh, that was in 2009. Uh, Sanchai was there, Kongfa, Kong Pichet, uh, and the Simanchai guys were already were there as well. Uh, Abigail started training with them, really became fast friends with them. Uh, June and Abigail uh, Tepnamit started moving, dating, and uh, they moved to the gym. And their relationship blossomed for quite some time. And obviously, Abigail has had a huge impact on the gym. Uh, we'll talk to her more about that. Also, uh, introducing Willie Whipple, one of uh, America's best long-term fighters in Thailand. Really been grinding it out. Um, first came out in 2013 for two months. Uh, then again in, uh, for three months and. 2015 he came to stay um at first he was sponsored at a gym uh, Pitat, uh down in phuket uh he spent about six months down in the south but then decided uh, the southern island wasn't really for him and relocated to simanchai uh since then it's been about four years and he's really been grinding it out uh he has he's contracted at max and has been uh, climbing through the ranks there, slow and steady. Uh, he's married uh, to a Thai woman and has a young son. Uh, they have their house out in Petchaboon, which is in the sort of uh, north, slightly east. Um, and Willie also stays at Sitman Chai when he's training for fights. So without further ado, the interviews with Abigail and Willie. Thank you, Abigail, for taking your time out today. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it, Matt. No worries. So uh, you originally uh, met the Simon Chai guys when they were training at 13 Coins, and then you moved back to uh, Tamika with them. What was the gym like at that time? Uh, the gym was really scaled back at that time. I mean, it went through many different incarnations since it opened in the 80s, you know, since it first opened in, I think it was at 1982 when it first opened. And it was really a, quite a big gym back then. But when I came to the gym from 13 Coins with the guys, it was, uh, they had just a few fighters, a few young fighters, you know, and of course, uh, Ponsonet and June, Tepnimit. Uh, Asane, but it was uh, we had the one ring, um, and yeah, it was a scale back operation because the gym was on having some rough times at that time financially, and uh, yeah, we didn't know if it was uh, going to continue at that point. And so, how long did you stay there uh, with Tepna Mitt and uh, Pornsene and all the other guys before you decide to open it up to foreigners? Uh, well, I was there for about, I don't know, let's see, uh, about six months or so. Um, and then PA and I started talking about it. Yeah, more than six months, I guess. Um, PA and I started talking about it with June, we, with Tepnamit. Um, we talked about having the people, having people come and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, opening the gym up to non-ties. So I think we had the first international guests in January 2011. 
and from yeah for uh a begin beginning of 2011 that's right yeah so it's almost been 10 years now since we've had people yeah. so quite a while so what has uh, uh the expansion process been like uh since bringing in the foreigners in 2011 uh it's been pretty slow and steady, you know, like slow and steady is how we've done it just bit by bit over the years, you know, PA has been really uh, good about it. You know, he just kind of, when he sees that we're getting to a point where we might be able to, if we have enough money and we might be able to, to do up the rooms or make them not, you know, re remodel the rooms or whatever. Um, then then he'll do it but we we kind of agreed from the get-go that we didn't want to ever get too big you know that we just wanted to keep it at um as a you know keep that family kind of atmosphere and keep the ratio of trainers to students quite a uh quite uh sorry about that quite um uh reasonable you know what i mean uh um, so we didn't, um, yeah, we didn't want to, um, ever get too big. So it's just been a, a slow and gradual process. And, uh, yeah, we, we kept, uh, we're kind of at the point where we probably would never, ever get, never get bigger than where we're at right now. We're just focusing on kind of, uh, you know, keeping the gym equipment and the rooms at a certain standard and that kind of thing. So logistically, um, how big is the gym now and what does it look like in terms of rooms? How many people are there? That sort of thing. Uh, well, we have, uh, we have, let's see, 12 rooms for the, for the guests and, uh, uh, there, um, most of them are double rooms. Uh, a, a few of the, uh, well, five of them, I think are private rooms and the rest are double rooms. Um, it's rare that they get, you know, full, all of them, but, uh, in, in times when there's like, sometimes in August when IFMA is going on and we have like a big group, we can, uh, we can have a, a full camp. There's also, uh, let's see, three, four, uh, five, six rooms for the fighters and trainers. And, uh, you know, the ties, they all like to stay together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, they're usually two or three in a room depending. Um, and, uh, yeah, the gym started off with one ring and just, uh, the kids were all in, uh, I think about three rooms back then. So the, and the other rooms were all like storage and well, actually equipment and stuff like that. And, uh, they've kind of, uh, transformed over the years. And, you know, after that initial, there was an in, initial couple of months where we transformed a bunch of the storage rooms into guest rooms. Um, but yeah, so now we've got two rings, we've got more bags, uh, we've got some space in the back that was undeveloped before that was just forest that just now has a couple more rooms. Um, so it's, yeah, it's gotten bigger, but I'd probably say it's doubled in size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's quite big. Yeah. Um, and you have a, a secondary uh, chicken 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's gone through quite, I mean, the, the chicken gym has gone through more of an expansion than the regular gym. <laughs> Seriously. Like we started off, well, gosh, we started off with Poinsonnet and about like he had about five chickens or something, five roosters, I should say, you know, mm -hmm. and now, uh, now there's like 40, 40 chickens back there, you know, it's like a full-time operation. The guys are always <laughs> back there taking care of them, training them. They've got a training ring They've got all kinds of like, uh, they got a swimming pool to do, you know, their water. Pool? Well, they've got like this water thing to do the, wa they dunk them in the water to make their wings strong and like, I don't know, do some kind of like aquatic strength training for them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, it's good that there's a separate strength and conditioning gym in the back for the, for the animals. Yeah, those the, I tell you, those chickens, man, those, they get a lot of love and care. <laughs> so you've been there uh, with the gym for over a decade now, um, 11 years. Uh, what do you think you've done to influence Sid Munchai and how have you helped it grow and sort of its history? Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't know. I never really think of it in those terms, but... Um, uh, let's see. Well, I, you know, I think the first and foremost is, uh, you know, the kids are like my, my babies. So they've all grown, grown up. So I like to think I had some part in taking care of them while they were growing up and, you know, kind of teaching them some, some skills, some life skills and, uh, you know, encouraging them to, to kind of, uh, make certain, make healthy choices in life. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that would probably be the place that I, you know that is most valuable to me or most important to me. Um, they then I suppose you know uh, helping the guys get uh, get uh, overseas exposure, you know, getting them jobs overseas, getting them fights overseas, so they can experience that, um, and you know, kind of. Uh, have more opportunities as they grow up, you know, um, and not just grow up. I mean, I'm talking about the older, already grown trainers as well. But um, but it's a two-way thing. They've definitely taught me a lot. And, uh, you know, PA and I are always on the same page. Like, we really work together really well. So I appreciate that, you know. He kind of shows me a lot. And I try, I guess, my in terms of an influence, I try and kind of, explain how furangs are to them or how non-ties operate that you know sometimes sometimes it might be best to take a certain approach rather than the traditional tie approach to doing things or whatever you know so we really do work uh you know to kind of bridge the cultural differences together pretty well pa is really 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 uh smart and and incredibly uh uh empathic like he really picks up on those subtle things and has really shaped the gym as a result of, of, of uh listening to the needs of, of, of his guests you know and uh obviously pa is the founder of the gym or yeah can you give a little bit more backstory on pa's role with the oh gym? sure yeah yeah so um papa chang is pa's father and he was uh he started the gym in 1982. He was a former fighter, actually. He fought at Lumpini and Rajadamnoon. 
and that, you know, had about 50 fights or something like that. But he became a police officer. So he did it just because he loved Muay Thai. And uh, yeah, he ended up becoming a police officer. So of course, he couldn't continue fighting. And he started the gym uh, as a result of his love for Muay Thai. Um, and uh, PA is his, uh, where well, he had three children before PA. He had um, a son, Monchai, where the Monchai from Sit Monchai comes, who's also a big police chief in Bangkok right now. Um, and then PA was the last born. Um, and he kind of just really took to the running of the gym. Like he grew up in the gym. He was very close with all the fighters and, uh, he was actually a trainer at one point and fought himself. And he went off to Bangkok and went and studied in university. But he, he had a small promotion company. He was putting on fights back then in uh, Bangyai, Bangyai City. And then, um, and then he came back and just kind of, you know, Muay Thai has been his life. And he's really just taken over the role of... Um, taking care of the gym over the years, you know? So he's been, he's the de facto owner right now, mm-hmm. even though Papa's still technically um, owner um, and, and Moncha is still the, you know, the name. He still mm-hmm. carries the name. So um, obviously you've definitely had some long-term people like PA, but also uh, some others like Pornsine and Crude Dom. Uh, what do you think uh, role some of the long-term fighters like Pornsene have played in the gym? Well, Pornsene has played a huge part, of course, because he came to the gym. I mean, most of our fighters and a lot of our trainers have been with the gym for, for a very long time. You know, they came, they've, they've grown up there and, and uh, you know, basically never left. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Pornsene came when he was 12. June came when he was uh, also, I think, 12, 10 or 12, Tepnimit, that is. And uh, Yodkun Kon came when he was seven. Um, so they were raised. So they really have a very long and, you know, detailed or complex history with the gym. You know what I mean? Like going through mm-hmm. all of their, their, you know, they go through life stuff as well, not just uh, fight stuff. So. They're very, very, very intertwined with the history of the gym. Uh, Crudam as well. Crudam came when he was like a teenager and and wanted to fight. Crudjuab uh, as well. So, um, so yeah, basically, uh, Ponsonet really helped develop the PA. Came up with the the style. He changed the, before the gym was really um, femur, you know, style kind of uh, technical style. Uh, and then, um, Pine came and he's just such an animal, <laughs> such an <Yeah>. animal. <laughs> and PA just, uh, you know, thought it would be much more exciting to, uh, change up the style and, and do something a little bit, uh, cause he was kind of also kind of, uh, bored with seeing how the gambling, you know, kind of, I think people became disillusioned. A lot of people became gym owners uh, became disillusioned sometimes with the gambling and the way you have to score sometimes, you know, like, uh, uh, so he, uh, wanted to just take it out of the judge's hands and take it out of the, 
gambler's hands and and kind of put the make excite more than anything though just to making exciting fights you know so mm-hmm. um so and uh Poncinet was a natural june was also like um more of a technical fighter but he kind of took on the style of there's some people at the gym that were totally adept at at, at uh taking on that uh knockout style you know the low kicks and the punches so uh Poncinet really helped develop this uh, make the gym famous for that style yeah and uh over the years um i i went there i think back in 2011 and seeing some of the guys like pond there um like i remember pond like not being very good i don't think he trained at all and he cried a lot um and now he was a baby yeah he was he was a baby but you know you still think of you know i still remember him being like a crying kid and (laughs) <laughs> now he's like at, at max regularly fighting. Uh, what is it like seeing the fighters grow over the years? Like Pond and uh, Montian's been there for quite some time. Well, yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting because Pond Pond was never really here. Pond and Jimmy were never. Uh, I don't remember. It's funny. I don't remember him as crying. Uh, baby cry baby, but <laughs> maybe, maybe no, no. I think I think uh, someone told me. That like um, Pawn would cry every night in the room or something. Maybe I'm making it up. No, Maybe no, I'm I don't think it. so. He's never been like that. But He's but never been like that. Not that I not, not that I know. But who knows? You know, you. Yeah. I don't see everything. But he um, he was actually so the the difference between Pawn and Jimmy are both um, PA's nephews. So they were never mm-hmm. there as fighters. They never were brought in as fighters. You know, they just kind of grew up in the gym and uh, would go to school. But they, you know, the gym was so much a part of their lives. They'd come home after school, change into their Muay Thai shorts, and Bon would keep time, and or, you know, Jimmy would... Uh, get the water, you know. So they were very, very much part of the of gym life in that regard. And Bond just always just loved it, you know. Um, and uh, but yeah, definitely, he was a baby back then. I think he was like eight when I came to the gym, and he couldn't he couldn't even reach the top rope in the ring. I always like to share, you know, because he's <laughs> massive now. You know, he's like I don't know eighty five kilos now, especially with the lockdown. You know. He's, he's <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, uh, grew up in the gym and both him and Jimmy, um, are, are amazing. They just, uh, through osmosis, you know, just through growing up in the gym, just are natural, natural fighters and natural, um, they have both have very big heart. Jimmy has really good, uh, IQ, you know, as they say, mm-hmm. he's a very smart fighter. And Bond's just he just grinds away. He works really hard, and he's really developed. Like especially when he turned sixteen, he just decided he just wanted to commit. And uh, when he turned sixteen, he just went all into Muay Thai, you know. And he mm-hmm. at one point uh, he was on a sixteen fight or fifteen fight winning streak, you know. At Max, yeah, I can't, was, it was it was quite. I can't remember the number exactly, but it was definitely quite good. And then. He 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 got cut or something yeah. by 
the tall, he, he was French or African. Yeah, that's right. That huge, yeah. massive African guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think and he then, was Spanish. He was Spanish, but uh, yeah, Spanish, African, African, yeah. But then I think he won the one after that. I yeah, he did. Remember. Yeah, he so. did. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a really, uh, you know, he's, definitely one of my favorites at the gym he just he just grinds away and he's just got such a good heart he's he's very much a you know a very solid guy you know what I mean um just really gets on with the jobs just like Montian actually Montian's another good example when Montian came to the gym he was um really he was gosh I think he was 17 or 18 and he had been fighting three years, but just in like uh, festival circuits and so on. And he was really rough, but we could, PA and I saw him fight. Like he knocked out one of our guys or two mm -hmm. of our guys, actually. That's right. <laughs> and he was just so fucking badass, you know, he's just such a force. And um, yeah, so um, PA invited him to come. He was having troubles with his gym. And he was kind of getting fed up. And so, yeah, he came out to our gym. And he was real rough around the edges back then, you know. And uh, I remember he fought for like a year at Lumpini and just kept getting TKO'd. And a couple of years, maybe. It was really rough. Like, we were just, my heart was just dying for him because he was just, but he's such, um, he just keeps working, just keeps working. And he got really good, like really good, like, you know, because he would get TKO'd in the clinch. So he just kept working his clinch, you know, and kept mm -hmm. working really hard to um, to get better at all his weak spots, you know. <clears throat> and um, so he's really developed as a fighter, like probably him and Bonner, are some of the two that have really uh, just really uh, – really probably developed the most you know um over over the past few years you know they really uh excelled and, and kind of sharpened and and everything's like especially with k montan you see everything kind of coming together right now mm -hmm. um all the hard work and all those like losses and all those knockouts there was a period where he's getting knocked out all the time too and then he started working with porn and Pornstein, uh was like really helpful in that regard so he just never there's no quit in in k you know yeah. and uh so now it's really nice to see him uh, reaping the rewards of all of that effort and that dedication and just like you know getting up after he's knocked down and, and just keeping on with it um yeah it's <clears throat> It's interesting seeing some of the guys develop uh, just from my side as like a commentator, you mm -hmm. know, seeing Montian, uh, I think he did well at first at Max, uh, you know, knocking people out. And then like definitely people found his weakness, like the mm -hmm. knees and stuff. But then he sort of, he, he turned his game around and developed a lot more. Yeah. Got better in the clinch and he quit trying to brawl with people as yeah. much. Um, yeah, which, you know, which obviously was the smart move. Um, and now he's doing quite good. He has like a nice, well-rounded sort of style. To him. Yeah, that was a big thing. Like whenever we'd see him get like you could see the, you know, the switch flip when he would go into brawl mode, you know, yeah. you know what they say in Thai, bork, bork. and when he would go like 
when he would just go in that mode, we'd be all like, oh, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah. that's what important thing really helped him, you know, just like, you know, uh, really helped him bring in the other elements that he'd been working on for, for years. Like, and now he's a really strong knee fighter now, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, a lot of people think that the gym has no clinch. Our gym has no clinch. And, but we do work a lot on our clinch, you know. You just And not every fighter is a, is a, is a Sigmund Chai-style fighter, quote-unquote. Yeah. You know, like we have a, a lot of technical. Dao Pasuk is a, a, yeah, a classic. Yeah, he's quite technical. Technical, uh, yeah. And, and Bon is a is a good all-rounder but definitely knees are his specialty and yeah, uh, yeah montan's be becoming much more uh, all, all around it now of course willie i gotta say willie willie's another example willie's like you know so he's been with us he's like thai i don't consider Francis willie a foreigner uh <laughs> yeah it's true he's like i don't yeah. like i mean he's been there for like four and a half years now yeah, he's been here. For, I don't even remember a time when Willie wasn't there. Because I remember he first came out too, like in 2012 or something. He was such a baby then, you know. I've got a picture and I'm like, holy shit. Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, but he's, he's such a grinder, you know. And he's somebody mm -hmm. who's also like really developed and really come together, you know, um, worked on all his weak spots. And he's got one thing about, him and well just like the ties he's got so much humility you know he just grinds on he's a lot like k and a lot like um he's a lot like Monchan and tapnamit and all the guys in that regard you know they just when they see a hole in their game they just really try and uh make themselves better you know so and he's don't make a big fuss about it you know he's just like that yeah. Um, so obviously the, some of the fighters have grown over the years. How have some of the trainers changed as well? Because you, like, for instance, you said crew Dom has been there for a long time. Uh, Juop, uh, San as well. Uh, they've all, um, yeah, they've all developed. A lot of the guys have helped, but you know, they developed by understanding what, uh, uh, the foreigners want what the non ties want to as you know and and sort of brought that over and helped them in their training of the ties you know um so like for instance Crusan has tr traveled internationally and you know all of that uh, those uh, Crusan, uh, all of the trainers pretty much you know they've all traveled overseas and been able to see how other uh gyms kind of teach their classes and so on and kind of incorporate that into their training. Um, but um, also as the train, as the, it's, you know, it's such a symbiotic process as the trainers, as the fighters develop, you know, the trainers kind of adapt to whatever their needs might be. And uh, um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a total, you know, kind of organic process of them developing and, uh, and growing as the gym grows and as they get more experience uh, traveling overseas and uh, with different fighters at the gym and so on, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, one of the big current fighters you guys have is uh, Yad Kun Pan. Mm -hmm. um, what has his career been like with the gym and how has it been shaped over the years? Well, he's been uh, with the gym for for. For 
he's since he was a babe since he was a kid um and he's he's uh he kind of reached a a real uh high level you know when he was uh pretty young when he was 15 or 16 he was uh ranked second at lumpini um <clears throat> and he was really uh just yeah doing so well um he he's a he's a real hard worker and he's just a, uh, you know, he's like family, right? So he's like, uh, you know, we've seen him go through his, uh, trials and tribulations of growing up as a fighter, you know, all of those things that you go through when you're, I think because he'd been doing it, uh, so long, you know, he started to question whether or not he wanted to do it and he was going to university and he took a break for a while. Um, so he's been kind of going through all kinds of stuff, like a lot of fighters in the game, you know what I mean? They've been through a lot of, uh, June went through it, Ponsonet was like, oh, boy, kind of just, you could write a book about his, his life as a fighter, just because he went through so many different uh, uh, periods, you know, where he didn't want to fight, and then he wanted to fight, and he was crazy, you know, he just do crazy <laughs> stuff before his fight, and PA would have to rein him in. And Yoakampon was much more, uh, he wasn't crazy in that sense, but he was trying to figure out, I guess, like what he, what he wanted to do with his life if he wanted to give his life to fighting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, you know, studied at school, and uh, but he really loves it and never, um, you know, always came back to it. And then, uh, you know, I think he had a, a, some personal difficulties at one point that were really challenging for him. And, uh, but he's, and he also seems like whenever he gets right back into it, something will happen. Like, so last year or a couple of years ago, I think it was, he was doing really well. And then his, his hand got broken. Mm-hmm. So he had to take a little time off then. But right now, I mean, he's doing really well. Uh, we'd like to see him fighting more regularly at the stadiums when there's the, when the, um, when the quarantine or whenever, whenever Muay Thai starts happening again, mm-hmm. he was just about to fight at Lumpini again, just before this uh, lockdown. Um, he's doing really well. He's got a wonderful partner and uh, he's got a, uh, you know, a good life. He's got a lot of other things, businesses going on too. So he, he doesn't have to just rely on Muay Thai and he, yeah. So he's doing really well. Yeah. He recently, um, who, he fought and then had a title shot or what he was yeah it was well a bit ranked in lumpini and then he fought diesel lek most recently correct yeah that's right so basically he fought sakra and he beat oh yeah him. he beat up sakra right yeah that's right and then they gave him a title shot with uh diesel lek yeah who's called cap captain now um yeah. but uh and who's the 70 kilo, um, 70 kilo, uh, champion, hmm. uh, has the Lumpini title. Um, a lot of people don't, didn't, some people were like, Oh, he, you know, they didn't realize who, who captain is and thought he was like, why, why didn't we beat him up? You know, like he's, yeah, he's, he's like, a, he's really good. He's ridiculously yeah. good. He's a legend. There's a reason that he's still Lumpini title holder, uh, you know, um, and anyway, the thing about the fight was it was a bit strange. They were supposed to fight 
the fight was at uh, 70 kilos. I mean, it's a title fight, right? So 70 kilos, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they changed the weight to 69 uh, mm. kilos, which was a bit odd for a title fight. Um, so, and they changed it a few days out. So it was a bit, uh, that was the first one. He fought him twice. So it was a tough uh, fight. Um and Mu, yeah, Mu just, Yagkampon, uh, his nickname's Mu. He uh, just uh, wasn't able to make it, take the win, you know? Uh, um, how old is, is uh, Yagkampon now? He's still quite young. He's like 22, 23. Oh, no. Um, Montian's 23. He just turned 23. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Mu is, uh, I think he's 26 now. Oh, really? He yeah. still has time, though. Yeah, he's still got he's still got a lot of fight in him for sure. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see him do you know really, and he he really wants to go overseas and teach as well. So I'm going to try and take him to some on some trips with me in the next year. But uh, yeah, that was uh, one of the last questions I've had for you. Uh, so you know, Simon Chai has sort of gone international in a lot of ways by sending. Uh, trainers overseas how has that sort of developed uh the gym's history uh it is it's really helped a lot you know i mean one of the nicest memories i have personally was seeing um and i think it just sort of symbolizes the whole process was going to la with uh Pon, uh when he was fighting in the tournament the gory tournament uh, i think mm -hmm. it was the 65 tournament um anyway uh we went and papa came with us papa chang you know who founded the gym all those years ago 37 years ago uh 38 years ago and uh yeah we went and uh, you know they have the rehearsal beforehand where they set up the lights and we went to the stadium and um, went in and and uh they were putting up the picture and you know and the big lights you know how they have that big huge screen with the lights and the names and he's got to see uh you know up in huge 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 uh lettering and bright lights there in the stadium and it was just a moment like i looked over at him and he was like oh you know how papa does yeah. <laughs> and i just uh, it just made and it still makes me want to cry just because it was like wow you know like um this little you know passion project of his has turned into this great uh, thing, you know, and we're not the most perfect gym by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we do pride ourselves or not pride ourselves, but we, we just are what we are. And we just love our, you know, I think our guests, our non-Thai guests that have come over the years, we've had so many wonderful people and they've really shaped help shape the you know the gym and they're very much a part of our heart you know and mm -hmm. uh very very important to what sitman chai has become like we don't you know we, we consider that there's a little hashtag we have sitman chai family and it sounds really uh you know corny but it's true we really do love all of our all the people that have come over the years and uh I mean, we do get the occasional asshole, but <laughs> for, the yeah. for the most part, we have like... I, I was only there for a month. <laughs> I was only there for a month. 
<laughs> you're a but, big uh, part. You're a big part of our uh, family too. The, um, that story sort of reminds me of uh, I interviewed uh, Sakmon Kon Sitchuchok like uh, a year or so ago, and um, he had been fighting in the countryside, and then he had a big fight at Lumpini or the stadiums, and his dad took him and. His dad couldn't sleep the night before because he was so excited that his son had sort of like made it. Um, just mm. like, I, I think like it's a similar feeling for, you know, with uh, Papa Chan and, you know, yeah. just seeing like these, the, like in a lot of ways they're just country kids and like, you know, it's not, it's very, very it's always very, very humble beginnings, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm getting to the top or, you know, just dramatically improving, you know, sometimes you don't really notice it until like there's a real bright light on you. Yeah. And it's that slow and steady thing too, you know, and the gym going through all those like periods where as well, like where you don't know if you're going to make it, you know, and then you go Mm -hmm. through another kind of growth phase or whatever, but it keeps you humble, but it really keeps you grateful for the, the times and it sustains us in times like this when we don't really know what's ahead you know um yeah yeah. well uh thank you so much for your time was there anything that uh you want to talk about that we didn't talk about no i just really appreciate i appreciate you matt i've known you for a long time and i'm really grateful of all you do for the um for the muay thai community you know you give a lot and help us a lot and I got your book in the mail so I'm going to read it soon so big oh, big good. shout out to you for your book <laughs> on fighting in Thailand you're, you're going to make me blush Abigail <laughs> <laughs> yeah on video oh. everyone will see how beat red I am <laughs> well, uh, before I turn any redder uh, thank you so much Abigail okay lovely I'll talk to you soon Thanks again. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Willie. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm uh, doing good. Good, it's good. Yeah. Um, so you relocated to uh, Simanchai back in 2015. So it's been a it's been five years or so. Um, yep. Can you talk a little bit about your early career at Simanchai and what it was like? Uh, sure. It was a pretty, I don't know, typical, I guess. I, I was fighting a lot um, in China and um, as well as Max. Uh, the first, like, 2016, I think a lot of people were fighting in China. It was like, it doesn't feel that way, like, a lot like uh, everyone they had all those promotions and everyone was fighting in China so that was mostly K1 um, and I would fight on Max also but that was like in between the fights in China and stuff and uh, I don't it was a lot of learning you know I mean I, obviously I started late but I'm still I'm still learning a lot but uh, that, at that time you know I was it was uh, probably like 50-50 I was losing as much as I was winning, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to make up for lost time and, um, you know, trying to figure out what, what how the best, the best way to do things was. 
When uh, when did you realize that you basically had a career in the sport? Uh, I it doesn't even feel like I have a career in the sport now. Honestly, it's just one one fight at a time, and uh, you know, as soon as I I could uh, train for free, then I knew because uh, it was just me back in the day that I didn't need a lot of money to live at the gym and I could as long as I stayed healthy and didn't get hurt too bad I could continue the lifestyle uh, as long as I wanted to and uh, I guess uh, it's just kind of evolved into my life now and now it's like uh, normal you know like that's how I make my money um, and you know some nights are good and some nights are hard and you just keep at it and so you've been there for quite some time. Um, what, how has the gym itself evolved over the last four or five years? Oh, man, it's evolved a lot. Uh, PA always uh, is, is adding on to uh, rooms, equipment, uh, expanding, lo lots of stuff. Um, a lot of our guests, actually, we kind of have the same group like on a, like an annual rotation. I mean, we always have new people, but we have a lot of people that come back all the time because they like it, you know? It's kind of like a little resort, you know? And Tom, you've been there. Mm -hmm. um, we have like real nice rooms with AC, Wi-Fi, pretty much any, anything you need, food, they do your laundry for you. And uh, the gym equipment's all, he, uh, that's something PA has always done on it, is always invested in like new equipment when it's needed, you know? And sometimes even more, like just more beautiful things. He likes he likes to invest in uh, his own gym, you know, which I think is pretty cool. He's always there too. He's always there training. He, he loves to hit the weights now, smashing on the weights. So we have like a nice like weight room well it's not a room but like a weight area and like fitness part everything you know? yeah you've seen uh you've obviously had your own career move and uh sort of evolve but you've also seen others uh really develop as well like uh tom cannon luca then the thai guys montan and pong um, and Yod Kun Pon as well could you talk a little bit about how you've seen some of their changes uh, careers change over time? Well, uh, Moo's always been a killer to me. Like, he's always been, like, an upper echelon guy, you know? Um, so, you know, he's uh, he's always been that next level up. Um, Tom, like, Tom and Luca and myself, we've, we're all kind of that uh, max stable level I would say you know Tom's always been a cardio freak um, and uh, Luca's always been you know had tons of heart and uh, always fought tough fights good guys he's big K or Montian is um, he's really gotten better this last like year he's like started to like beat a lot of people uh, within the max circuit that he wasn't doing, you know, a couple of years ago. Like he's, I'd say within the past like year and a half, he's really like 
come into his like own, you know, where he can he can clinch good. He can uh, he can actually knee like really good, and he can bang, and he can low kick. He's just gotta keep his hands up because he's a bit chinny at times. <laughs> but um, yeah, and Pawn also Pawn's evolved from he used to just be like this little meek little guy, you know, he was like you know pretty skinny and, and quiet, and uh, he's just grown into a beast. Like he's huge now. Yeah, you know, and uh, the guys he's fighting are, are now they're like the biggest guys in the circuit, you know. So he he has tough fights sometimes for sure, but he's really coming to you know uh, become like a, a, a stable knockdown that we have now. How why do you think uh, Montian has changed so much over last year? You know, I don't know. I think what it is is just consistency. Like, he's always been consistent the whole time I've been there. It's like, we have ha- we have guys fight for a while, then take breaks. Fight for a while and take breaks. Or stop, you know? And Montian and myself uh, have just not stopped. Like, him and I have just kept, kept going. So, and he, he fights often, too, you know? as often as he can and I think it's just paid off and just not giving up just grinding you know I think that, that that's a huge part of being successful is not only like working and changing what you need to work on but just not giving up you just have to keep at it it's not going to be easy but you just got to keep at it what makes uh, why do you think you've been able to sort of grind it out so much um, because I don't want to go home, I guess, that's why, and what else am I going to do, like, what else am I going to do now, how, how else am I going to make money if I don't do this, like, I gotta better figure it out, figure out how to improve, because I can either be here and do this, or I can go home, and I don't know what I'd do, have a regular job, or whatever, I don't want to do that. Yeah, uh, you said that a lot of the same customers and sort of people come to the gym over time. Um, how how do they develop, and what have you seen with like their careers and sort of uh, them as people and the gym? Um, the the people that we have coming back, um, they're all really cool that's why they come back because they like it it's like a big family you know and uh you see them uh get better you know as like the first time people come they'll have you know usually like a festival fight or whatever and then they start coming back and that's why max is good too because it's like a good mid-level for like people who are like can want to be competitive but they're not like a like a a regular stadium level so it gives us like good competition and good good fights for like you know guys like myself and other like part-timers who like want to come to Thailand and have like a legitimate Muay Thai fight but they don't you know they're never going to see a, a stadium title or something you know what I'm saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what do you think makes a Simon Chai different from other gyms I think most Mostly what makes it different from other gyms is PA. Um, 
because he he's a really cool boss because he's always around to make sure that people are are getting like what they need you know he doesn't just like book fights and fuck off and go do you know his thing he's like around for training he's around like most of the time when you fight unless we're having multiple people fight different places um right now he's kind of at the gym a lot taking care of his family because um his his old man's you know he's getting pretty old now so he has to look after him quite a bit but um yeah i would say just having a good boss that's always there um you know looking after people to make sure that they they're happy with what's going on and stuff i would say that's that's huge also um you know the other ties that we have are pretty pretty awesome like Ponsone, Tepinit, you know, all, all the superstars, even Moo, and all the kids too, Lei, Tia, like everyone. It's just like a, a real family vibe. We don't have too many jerks um, at the gym. Like, they don't last. So. Yeah, that's always good. What. How do you feel you played a role in the gym, um, especially being there for so long um, as a foreigner? I don't know, man. That's kind of a weird question because I don't really like to like talk about myself. But <laughs> I hope I hope people just consider me, you know, one of the boys. Just, um, you know, a good training partner and uh, fun to fun to be around and train with. I guess <laughs> I don't know. You you don't think about it too much. Nah, not really like that. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I be before fights and stuff it goes through my mind like i want to make everyone proud and stuff but you can't focus on that too much because mm-hmm. then i don't know i think that that can go to your head yeah for sure um what sort of ups and downs have you seen with your career and being out there for so long oh man i mean it's like anything in life there's ups and downs you know especially for me though because i was never like a a, a prodigy, you know, like I started late and I've, you know, I've had bad habits in the past and like been lazy about mixing them. I've been gone through lazy phases with training and this and that. And uh, for some reason, I don't know, I just, I just stuck with it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's turned out good for the most part, but I mean, fuck, I still, you know, I still have bad nights, you know, it's a constant struggle, it's a constant, uh, process, you know, trying my air, and, um, I think, uh, my, my career's, um, it's, it's definitely gone up a bit since probably the last interview we've had, you know, I've had some success in the the last year finally changing things up and starting to become more well-rounded and stuff but it hasn't been easy you know it's it's definitely not easy yeah for sure so that about wraps things up on my end is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about well uh thanks for your time willie yeah, thank you very much. So that was some great information from both of those guys. Uh, they really know a lot about the sport. Um, 
definitely been around for a long time. It's personally very interesting to me to see the history, sort of growth of Simon Chai as a gym. Uh, I went there back when they first opened it up to foreigners in 2011. I uh, fought out of there in a small parking lot show outside of Bangkok. Um, uh, later on, of course, I would uh, commentate a lot of the fights for the Simon Chai guys. So I've seen uh, Montian, uh, Pawn, Willie, uh, a lot of the foreigners fight as well. I think I was also at Pornsene uh, uh, fight right before he retired at Lumpini as well. Um, so definitely seen a lot of evolution in the gym, um, seen it grow. Uh, obviously, Abigail and Pierre are doing an amazing job there creating a community, um, you know, especially during the hard times of COVID-19. We'll see what happens, but I definitely believe in them. Uh, they've also really helped create an image for themselves. Obviously, Abigail... Uh, talks about it a little bit uh the gym is very well known for being uh heavy-handed and leg kicks uh but that's not all that the fighters have um and like we sort of imply and talk about a lot of the fighters really have evolved especially fighters like montan who used to be a bit more heavy-handed but now has more weapons also willie whipple who uh you know was a bit of a technical brawler but now has uh, really shown that he has uh, other weapons, other skills uh, that he's developed in his hard and long road to the top. If you'd like to find out more information about the gym, you can do so online, www.simonchai.com. Uh, both Abigail and Willie are on Instagram. Uh, Abigail is at uh, A.B. Simonchai, so Abigail Simonchai, and Willie Whipple is just his name, W-I-L-L-Y-W-I-P-P-L-E, so definitely follow them. So thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, this has been On Fighting in Thailand, best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters make stronger people.